What's gonna happen tonight? What's gonna happen? We're gonna whoop their Welcome into the Go Balls 24-7 podcast, a breaking news edition. I am Ben McKee, joined by Ryan Callahan, and it is a breaking news edition, Mr. Callahan, because Tennessee has landed a massive commitment in the 2024 cycle. Absolutely. This is uh, this is definitely some big news for Tennessee. Uh, you know, everyone's kind of been waiting for the, the big dominoes to start falling, and this is definitely one of them. Five-star wide receiver Mike Matthews of Parkview High School, in Lilburn, Georgia, just outside Atlanta, picking Tennessee over USC and Clemson. I, I think those were the main three teams in the end. Georgia was also a finalist, but not uh, wasn't really thought to be as much of a contender in the end. But this is a, a, a obviously a big time pickup. Anytime you're, you're talking about a five star, not just in twenty four seven sports rankings, but in the twenty four seven sports composite rankings as well. And and a guy that Tennessee has made a top top priority for a long time. Hosted him on three visits already this year, uh, along with the Alabama game last season. So just you know, did a great job of continuing to get him on campus over the past several months. And and it was pretty clear by earlier this year that they were a major contender for him. But I think a lot of people were sleeping on Tennessee at, at first and, and just kind of gradually over the past few months started to really understand that Tennessee was was really deep in this one and, and had a real shot. And, and I think they were kind of the favorite really for the past couple months uh, and, and were able to to win this one in the end. Uh, obviously a really talented guy, uh, about six foot one, 180 pounds, uh, can, can do a lot of different things at the receiver position, which we'll get into in a minute. But the interesting thing about Mike Matthews is he really is, is an athlete who, who has been rated as a wide receiver simply because he's focused on playing wide receiver in college. He's very capable of playing on either side of the ball. And I think a lot of people even saw him as maybe a projected safety at one point. So he's a guy that, if for any reason something didn't work out on offense or, or, or he was needed to play elsewhere is more than capable of being a good player on defense as well uh, at the safety position. So uh, just a, just an athlete who's a really good player, but someone that Tennessee obviously has recruited all the way as a receiver and wants to play receiver. So no one should see him as anything but a receiver, but that is worth noting about him as a prospector that he's really got some two way ability that shows up on the field on Friday nights and could easily make him, a good player in college on either side of the ball. So a huge pickup here for Tennessee for obvious reasons, addresses a huge need at wide receiver and, and gives you someone who could really step in and compete for, for early playing time next year at a position where they might need someone that can do that. A two-part question for you as to why he picked Tennessee. Uh, what do you think separated Tennessee from USC, Clemson, Georgia? And, and then on the Georgia aspect of things, Ryan, why is he not going to Georgia? I mean, he is from Parkview High School there in Lilburn, Georgia, as you mentioned. He's a bona fide five-star, both in the 24-7 sports rankings and the 247 sports composite. Uh, we have him number 22 overall. The composite has him number 13 overall. I mean, the, these guys that are in Georgia's backyard, they, they don't leave Georgia very often. Is, is it a situation where maybe Georgia wasn't as high on him as, as others, or, or did he just not jive? Uh, with the, the Georgia coaching staff, which that obviously happens in recruiting. Yeah, that, that definitely can happen. You know, it, it's been a situation where it looked like for a while, Mike Matthews was not going to end up at Georgia and was likely to leave the state. So uh, I, I think I think a couple different uh, possible explanations for that. One, 
I, I think earlier in his recruitment, Georgia might have seen him as a safety. Um, you know, again, I mentioned the two-way ability. I think there was at least some concern or some some real thought that Georgia maybe saw him as more of a defensive player. And then, two, even once Georgia shifted to the offensive side of the ball, I think sometimes they struggle with recruiting wide receivers um, because that offense has not always put up a lot of production at the wide receiver position. They've not um, not put a ton of early round draft picks into the NFL at wide receiver for all the for all the impressive work they've done at a lot of positions in terms of putting players in the NFL. So in this case, I think Tennessee's scheme fit and system fit, you know, worked in Tennessee's favor against Georgia and some other teams. Uh, you know, USC, I think, was also very appealing to him. And, and he, he saw a lot of things with that program that he liked from from academics to the offense with Lincoln Riley. But, you know, we always kind of thought distance might be an issue in the end. Uh, and, and I think that probably was too much for USC to, to overcome, not necessarily the deciding factor, but that was, uh, I, I think, a big obstacle for USC that, that that helped Tennessee win out in the end. And then Clemson was, you know, depending on who you talk to, some people thought Clemson might have been Tennessee's main competition in the end for, for Matthews. I know Clemson certainly felt that way for a while. And, and they, they offered maybe some of the same things Tennessee did, and he felt good about the culture there and, and, and some other things, but just – I think overall, you know, Tennessee just kind of checked the most boxes for him. He had a great relationship with Kelsey Pope and uh, other guys on Tennessee's staff, and 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 Pope did a great job in his recruitment. I think continuing to make him, you know, certainly if not if not one A uh, among his priorities, one of the very top priorities for for months now, and, and that was reflected in the way they recruited him. And uh, you know, just in addition to that, I think Tennessee could, was able to sell Mike Matthews on having a skill set sort of similar at least to Jalen Hyatt, not to say that the, he's a Jalen Hyatt clone, but that he does a lot, a, a lot of the same things well that Jalen Hyatt did at Tennessee. And so I think it was easy for Mike Matthews to see himself in that system, thriving, seeing different receivers, not just Hyatt putting up big numbers in Tennessee's offense. People kind of been asking where, where are the receivers wanting to play in this offense? Why are, why are guys not jumping on board left and right? Well, well, here's, Here's finally a win to kind of reflect what fans have been hoping to see a receiver being sold on what Tennessee's doing at the wide receiver position, being sold on the chance to follow in the footsteps of a Blitnikoff winner and Jalen Hyatt and saying, Hey, I, if he could do that, I can do it too. And, and, and maybe even at, at a higher level, because that's how most high level recruits think, you know, they, they think they're going to be the the ones to, to do it even better uh, next time around. But he definitely, I think, sees himself being a good fit for Tennessee's system, and that really worked in Tennessee's favor this time. Mike Matthews is just a, a heck of an athlete and, and seems fairly new uh, to the sport and in terms of shifting his focus on, on football and also shifting his focus on, on the receiver position, as, as you mentioned. What makes him so talented? Why was he so highly coveted, and, and why is he such a highly ranked prospect? Yeah, I think he's just a guy that does almost everything well. You know, he, he obviously just a really good athlete uh, to to have that kind of ability on both sides of the ball. You can see him uh, in, in his highlight film making plays on on offense and on defense. Uh, I, I just I just think he's one of those guys who you know he's not just a speed guy. He's not just a just a hands guy. He's not just a deep ball guy. You know, some people can kind of get pigeonholed at the wide receiver position for being able to do one or two things really well. I think he's someone who can just do everything. Uh, he's he can be really good after the catch. He can be really good in traffic. I think he shows good body control and a nice catch radius when he's uh, when when he's thrown something in tight coverage. Uh, he, he really he can play bigger than six foot one sometimes, even though he is 
um, you know, not built all that differently from Jalen Hyatt. He, he can play a little bit bigger than that where he's not just a slot guy. I think he can play on the perimeter and, and, and do a really good job there. So, you know, when you, when you project a guy like this into Tennessee's offense, there's, there's almost nothing you can't do with him because he could, he could line up in the slot and be really good there in a Jalen Hyatt type role, or he could play outside and be a, a you know, a deep threat that, that, that matches up favorably against, you know, six foot corners and, and holds his own there. So there, there's a, there's a lot you can do with him and, and he just gives you a ton of options in, in an offense like Tennessee's. So I love the body control. I love the hands and, and, you know, and so he almost was overlooked as a receiver prospect at first because he was so good on defense too. And I think now that in recent months, people have started to see him as more of a receiver, knowing that he wanted to play there. I think people have kind of started to realize more in recent months, like, Hey, this guy's a really good receiver. He's not just a great athlete because of what he could do on either side of the ball. He's, he's a really good receiver period. And, uh, and, and I'll be interested in seeing how much better he even looks on film as a senior, because everything you've seen from him this off season and seven on seven and elsewhere is really impressive too. So I think this is a, this is a, a great fit for, for Tennessee and, and someone who could obviously thrive in any system, but especially in Tennessee's offense, it's, it's certainly not hard to envision him putting up some big numbers. We're, we're going to come back after the break and and talk about Tennessee's recruiting of the wide receiver position in this class. Uh, and we're also going to discuss if, if this is the beginning of a, a huge week for Tennessee football recruiting. Uh, bef- but before we do catch that break, Ryan, do want to ask you a big picture question and just simply what kind of statement does this send from Tennessee football to the rest of of college football in the recruiting landscape that they were able to go out and land a Mike Matthews. Yeah, I, I think this one's a huge deal for what, what it represents uh, for, for Tennessee, you know, uh, so many of Tennessee's biggest recruiting wins in recent years have been either guys who had some sort of connection to, to the program or they're from the state of Tennessee. Uh, you know, obviously the, uh, you know, Nico Iamaliava was, was just a, a on a different level, and that one sent shockwaves throughout the the, the college football recruiting world. The, this one, though, you know that that one, for better or worse, gets kind of written off. Uh, you know, with, with obviously the reported NIL angle of that one, I think people people sort of almost shrug that one off and say that it it, it didn't necessarily prove Tennessee can win those types of battles on a regular basis. This one, I think, sends a bigger message because, in, in a lot of ways, it does anyway because it's not going to have that 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 baggage, I guess, attached to it. No one's going to write this off as, oh, he's just going to Tennessee because of NIL or anything like that. This is a guy going to Tennessee because he sees a great opportunity for himself. And it's a five-star prospect that a lot of good programs wanted. And he's in the state of Georgia, by the way, where um, when, when you, when there's a good player there, you know, a lot of those guys don't get away from Georgia. And this is one who is, and if they do get away from Georgia, historically, they end up at, you know, Clemson or Alabama or somewhere like that. And this is also someone not going to either of those schools, and he chose Tennessee over a couple of those schools. So I, I just think that this one's a, a, yeah, to your point, I think it sends a pretty big message uh, and shows what Tennessee now can do. Uh, you know, last season, you know, I've, I've kind of been asked a lot lately: is, is Tennessee disappointing a little bit in recruiting this year? You know, only having a borderline top ten class right now after what they did last season, and I've kind of said no because I think some people might've been expecting too much of a jump based on one year's one year's results. You know, one, one 11 win season is a, is a great start and it's a step in the right direction, but it's not going to immediately make you a program that's, that's signing a top five class the next year. 
But at the same time, this shows you what that season opened the door for, because this doesn't happen to me without what Tennessee did last season. You know, his first visit to Tennessee was the Alabama game. I mean, what an impression that that immediately makes you a, a possible contender for a player like this. So this is a guy who nine months ago, no one would have expected him to end up at Tennessee. And now you're getting it. And he's out of state and all those things that, that would have historically worked against you. Now they didn't prove to be too much for Tennessee to overcome because they're seen as a national contender, at least a, a, a rising program that maybe can establish itself as more of a contender and not just a one-year, uh, kind of a one-year wonder. So this to me sends a huge message and, and shows what Tennessee can do now that they've opened those doors with an impressive season last year. We still have a couple of other storylines to talk about as it relates to five-star receiver Mike Matthews committing to Tennessee over USC, Clemson, and Georgia. And we will discuss those after this break. Welcome back into the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. I am Ben McKee, joined by Ryan Callahan, reacting to the news that Mike Matthews has committed to Tennessee, a huge addition for the Balls. Always a huge addition when you pick up a five-star receiver. Uh, before we continue our conversation, would like to encourage you to go like, rate, and review the podcast wherever you do get your podcast. We would greatly appreciate that. Ryan, before we took that break, we were discussing the message that it sends to college football as a whole, but I also think that it sends a, a message to Tennessee fans as well. And, you know, I, I've seen the the same discontent that, that you kind of expressed uh, earlier uh, about maybe Tennessee's lack of results on the recruiting trail, uh, which I, I don't I don't really get. Tennessee has a, a top 10 recruiting class at this point. And I I just I don't I don't think that's ever anything to, to scoff at or, or be disappointed by, uh, especially after, you know, it, it was just one season of success. There is not a sustained level of success just like just yet, like Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State or, or Georgia, those schools. Uh, so the the discontent has been confusing. Uh, for me, yeah, I think there's a couple of areas that, that you can nitpick, um, and, and that's a separate conversation for a separate podcast. But ultimately, Ryan, I, I think this is a, a message to Tennessee fans as well. Like, hey, we, we are recruiting well right now, and uh, we are building off of the momentum of last season. And we thought it was going to be a good July, and it is a good July and, and could be the, the beginning of a, a really big week for us. It, it absolutely could. Now, I, I... Sure, not not everything's gone perfectly for Tennessee. There have been a couple misses this month that, that people probably were not expecting. You know, Ronan O'Connell picking Clemson over Tennessee was a bit of a surprise for sure. Uh, Braylon Russell was a guy that was that was thought to be leaning toward Tennessee for for at least a little while, uh, especially coming off his official visit to Knoxville last month. Tennessee couldn't get that one across the finish line, battling the home state school Arkansas there. So there have been a couple misses. Cameron. Fountain was the one last month uh, committing to USC, you know, just a week after he'd been at Tennessee and was thought to be trending toward the balls. They, that, that one didn't go their way. So there have been a few misses like that, but it's not been, I don't think, as catastrophic as people might might make it out to be. And and what, what do we say all, all along about, about recruiting? You're never going to win all of those battles, and really you're not even going to win anything close to all of those types of battles. You're, you're going to win your share of them as long as you do a good job of recruiting and you have everything to, to sell that you need to be able to sell. 
And, and Tennessee now has a lot of those things to to sell. Still, uh, you know, still again trying to chase down the the Georgias and the Alabamas that have a long long track record of putting guys in the NFL and competing for championships. You're not there yet, but you now are on a level and on a trajectory where you can start to compete with those schools more consistently. And getting a guy like Math- Mike Matthews just further confirms that. Um, so, so yeah, you're not going to win all of those battles, but you are winning enough of them. And I think the, the key thing that people have been overlooking about this class, it's that, you know, you're not seeing Tennessee take a bunch of projects, take a, take a bunch of guys that are developmental guys. Um, you know, not, not just simplifying it to three stars versus four stars, but that, that does show you a little bit of what Tennessee's doing and, and the, the team rankings, just glancing at it, you can see the difference. This class now with 17 players has one five-star and 11 four-stars already, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite ratings. Last year, Tennessee signed one five-star and 13 four-stars. So they're already almost at the same level they finished at last year, and it's still July. So they, they clearly are getting a better depth of quality players in this class. They, they really haven't had to take a bunch of reaches or guys that were that, that were just sort of okay players that you sometimes take earlier in a cycle uh, depending on the level you're recruiting at you know there have been those times where where Tennessee has had to sort of take some guys early that they knew were, were foundational pieces for their class but at the end of the day were they surefire starters in the future no there have been classes where that's there have been several of those guys in, in Tennessee's classes this year you don't see a lot of that you, you don't see there's not a lot of fat in this class you know I see nothing but you know for the most part nothing but guys that Tennessee really coveted and heavily recruited for a while so that's the difference is they're not they're not taking a bunch of reaches and they're involved in a lot of high level recruitments and they're winning their fair share as mike matthews shows so if they continue this continue to build out this the the rest of this class the way they have these first 17 spots in the class um man this is this is recruiting at a pretty high level so yeah there are going to be some disappointments along the way but this is still a very good class and has the potential to finish as a very good class and it, you know we'll see if it's top 10 top eight whatever it might end up being but it's it's very good and, and i think you you have to be sort of ignoring the evidence to suggest that it's not good or not a step up from what tennessee did last year well and if you're a tennessee fan you have to be really excited about what tennessee's doing on the offensive side of the ball which is to be expected uh under josh heupel i mean he, he did just produce uh hendon hooker looks like he's going to produce joe milton uh, in a similar manner, the the receiver production the last couple of years from Valus Jones to Cedric Tillman to Jalen Hyatt uh, and and Brew McCoy and then likely now uh, Dante Thornton. I mean, the you, you expect to see results on the recruiting trail when you're producing on Saturdays the way that the offense has been producing the last couple of years. Uh, so it's it's not unexpected, but you still have the right to get really really excited when you look at. Uh, the quarterback that they're bringing in and Jake Merklinger. And, and obviously uh, Mike Matthews will be catching passes from Nico Iamaliava, uh, assuming uh, Nico, Nico works out the way that everybody in, anticipates him working out. Uh, you, you just have a lot of young, just elite prospects and, and really exciting talents coming in. Uh, and the point that I'm getting to is that this wide receiver class all of a sudden we knew it was it was possible. You and I have kind of talked about it on some podcasts, but 
after Braylon Staley commits a top 150, 180 uh, player in, in South Carolina's backyard. You, you get a five-star out of Georgia's backyard over some premium programs. I mean, it, it feels like it it could be just the beginning. And you pair that with Jake Merklinger and, and Peyton Lewis, who is a speedster. And if you can go out and land one of Amari Jefferson or, or Ryan Wingo to, to really complete a, a three-headed monster, I mean, that that's good luck to anybody else in the country matching the amount of talent that that Tennessee is bringing in in, in those particular skill positions. Yeah, the, and and I would I would include some of what they did last year as well. Uh, just just throwing it, you know, guys like Nathan Leacock that we obviously haven't seen play in a game, but um, you know, Cameron Selden, Ethan Davis. I mean, there's 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 going to be some impressive young talent once you add these guys in uh, over over the next several months, assuming Tennessee holds on to them, and there's no reason to think they won't. So yeah, that they they are really starting to get on the offensive side of the football and. and that, it's a big piece, you know. They they did need someone like this to, I think, show that they're that they're capitalizing on the offensive success, uh, on the production, on the on having a Bolitnikoff Award winner, all of those things. Uh, but they they now have that guy they can point to as kind of a a centerpiece for the future, a, a true you know potential star. And, and we'll see if he. Obviously, only time will tell if he lives up to the hype, but there's no reason to think he he can't be a really good player in college. And, and you need someone like that that you can kind of hang your hat on. So this, uh, but this, yeah, when you throw in those guys, and you know, even Jonathan Eccles in this class at, at the tight end position, who's still a, a work in progress, I think, as a tight end, but a really high level athlete who could be a really good player at tight end. Uh, and yeah, Braylon Staley, a guy who I think is going to uh, probably not be talked about enough in the end uh, by the time Tennessee's finished with this class, he's going to. You know, depending on where he's ranked, he might end up being kind of a uh, somewhere in the middle of this class. But I think he's a really good player who could be a big part of Tennessee's future. So, uh, yeah, they've got some really nice pieces already. And, and, and as you said, still looking to add more if they can get someone like an Amari Jefferson or a Ryan Wingo to, to go along with uh, with what they already have at the wide receiver position. That, that would be a pretty impressive group to, to really give them something to build around for the future. Last thing before we get out of here. We've talked about it a, a couple of times or mentioned it in passing, but uh, could be the beginning of a, a, a really, really big week for Tennessee uh, with Edwin Spillman also set to announce his decision on Friday. And that is obviously one that has connections to Tennessee and, and has believed to be a, a strong Tennessee lean uh, because of those connections being in state. But Ohio State has, has put up quite the fight uh, for Tennessee and uh, Ryan, just your thoughts on, on where Tennessee and Edwin Spillman is and, and just your thoughts on if Tennessee is able to land Edwin Spillman, just how big of a week that would be because I plug in Mike Matthews and Edwin Spillman into the class calculator and Tennessee goes from the 15th overall class in the country to the 8th overall class in the country. And if if you're sitting at number 8 kind of towards the end of July after you've navigated the waters of of, of a lot of commits, or a lot of recruits announcing their commitments over the course of June and July. I, I think that's a great place to be in going into football season. And, and then you have others as well, uh, like in Amari Jefferson, who uh, is likely going to announce a decision in the coming weeks as well. But your thoughts on kind of Edwin Spillman in Tennessee and, and just how big of a week it would be if Tennessee can secure his commitment. Yeah, that uh, that, that would be a huge deal. And that's, and that's the thing about recruiting sometimes is I think, I think fans – 
tend to, fo- if you really follow recruiting closely, you tend to fixate so much on the big names that especially if you think your, your favorite school leads for those players, you almost start to take them for granted because you want to project the players who are sort of the shiny new toys a lot of times into, into your class. You want to you want to say, okay, we I think we're getting Edwin Spillman. Now, who else are we getting? So you almost take those guys for granted, but you still have to win those battles. And Tennessee has still had to fight really hard, as you said, with Ohio State to 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 get Edwin Spillman. I, I think as of right now, as the recording of this podcast, I think Tennessee still is the favorite to land Spillman on Friday. We'll we'll see if they can get that one across the finish line. Uh, you know, again, Spillman has kind of made Tennessee sweat that one a little bit more than it probably thought it would have to. Uh, several months ago, but I think Tennessee is is still going to be tough to beat in the end. And obviously, the chance to play with his brother Nate Spillman at Tennessee, at least a part of that. Um, you know, the, those those guys are are definitely close, and and I think have have uh, you know Ed, Edwin Spillman's tried trying to make his own decision and not just follow his brother. But at the end of the day, um, that, that's just I think tough to ignore. So that and and for other reasons, I, I think Tennessee is 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 in a pretty good spot there going into that announcement on Friday. So. Yeah, if you can get those two and 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 pair Mike Matthews and, and Edwin Spillman together in a span of a couple of days, uh, that that's a huge deal and a great week for Tennessee if if it plays out that way. Even if those are guys that a lot of people have been almost projecting into Tennessee's class for a while, you still have to actually win those battles, and so that would be a massive, massive week for Tennessee. And and yeah, the the twenty four seven Sports composite rankings change all the time, so even between now and Friday it, that could look different, but yeah, if they're eighth, ninth, anywhere in that range, uh, with a with a week or so left in the month of July, that's a that's a great spot to be uh, at this point in the year. So Tennessee's been hovering in that same area for a while now, but you know we've kind of said how high this class finishes in a lot of ways is going to depend on whether you can get a Mike Matthews or someone like that to to elevate this class to another level because those five stars can really boost a team's ranking as we saw last year with Nico Iamaliava, you know, getting a guy like that probably helped Tennessee finish a couple spots higher in the end, you know, having a guy like Mike Matthews opens some doors. It makes it much more realistic for Tennessee to finish in the top, in the top 10 for sure. And, and maybe even as high as, as seven or eight or somewhere around there, if they can get some other players like that to go with them. So they've got to keep adding to it, but this is the kind of commitment and, and Edwin Spillman would be another that just, continues to elevate the overall quality of this class and uh we'll see if they can make this a great week on friday but it's certainly um, i think trending in a good direction for tennessee right now you have complete coverage of edwin spillman's decision later this weekend you have complete coverage of uh, mike matthews decision to commit to tennessee on uh, wednesday up on the site how can people follow you and your work over the course of this week and and as others continue to make decisions uh, as football season creeps around the corner. Yeah, busy week on Go Vols 24-7. Obviously, Tennessee's turn at SEC Media Days coming up tomorrow, so lots to, to keep track of there in addition to the, the big week in, in recruiting news. And, uh, yeah, check check back with Go Vols 24-7 throughout the week and throughout the rest of the month. Uh, more visits coming up next week and plenty more to, to follow as the summer winds down, more decisions on the way, as you said, including Amari Jefferson on August 5th. So stay tuned on GoVols 24-7. Follow us on Twitter at GoVols 24-7. And you can follow me at Ryan Callahan 247 for the latest. And, uh, yeah, plenty more to report on over the next couple of weeks before we fully turn our attention to football season. Uh, definitely the summer is not over from a recruiting perspective. He's Ryan Callahan. I'm Ben McKee, five-star wide receiver. Mike Matthews is officially a Tennessee Vol. This has been another edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast.
There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys.